You're listening to the BC Buckets podcast, the official podcast for Briarcliff Chargers basketball. This is Matt Gall, along with BC head coach Mark Sfigera. And Mark, you know, as we record this, uh, I'm looking out my window and it it sure looks like basketball season now with all that snow flying around. How are you feeling about this? Well, you know, I think it's bull crap, first of all, that it's snowing in October. Um, you know, that's, that's what you get in the Midwest, as we all know. But, uh, you know, it's just kind of a sinking feeling because, for me, the, the morning after a loss is always a brutal feeling. It's like I wake up and I'm like, damn, we really did lose yesterday. And then I went to let my dog out and I see snow accumulating and it was like a, it was like a double dose of it then, but uh, we'll get through it. Just gotta, you know, it looks like next weekend supposed to warm up a little bit, but I think I am going to have to actually shovel today. A lot of times these first snows, you can kind of get away without shoveling because, you know, the next day it's probably going to be 60 degrees, but it doesn't look like we're going to be able to do that this year. No, no, it looks like it's going to stick around, unfortunately. So, but you know, it is what it is. We'll we'll be due for a good 50-degree day, hopefully once or twice before we hit, you know, the real winter season. But for now, we don't really have much of a choice in the matter, so we might as well get used to it. That's true. So let's, uh, let's jump into this weekend. Um, you know, last week we talked about the upcoming season, and now we're in the middle. Well, we're not in the middle of it. We're, we just started it, but at least we are in the season now that a game's been played. And uh, you guys had Bellevue yesterday at home a game in front of no fans, which I'm sure was a little strange. We'll talk about that here in a little bit with you and with our guest who's coming up, but uh, an 82 to 79 loss at home, an exciting game towards the end. Uh, I think it was Hoyt had a, you know, a three with about half a minute left to put you guys up by one. They come back and answer with a three of their own to go back up by two. You know, we get it back within one close the rest of the way, but we just couldn't quite uh, get over the hump. And, you know, from my perspective, watching on online and my audio wasn't working very good. So it was uh, very visual and, and nothing else. But, uh, you know, I felt like you guys did a pretty good job keeping the floor spread. I thought you shot it pretty well. Um, they tried to exploit, I think, their mismatches by getting to the to the paint a little bit more, which, you know, was probably something you predicted. Um, but overall, it didn't it didn't feel like, you know, a, a super sloppy game, uh, considering it was the first game. I think you guys had north of 10 turnovers, and I'm sure that's something you want to clean up. But overall, I, it, to me, it seemed like just a good back-and-forth basketball game. Yeah, it really was. And I, I think, uh, you know, as frustrating as it is to lose, I think there's a lot of positives we're going to end up taking from this game. You know, specifically defensively, we had some some really good – possessions and really good strings of possessions. You know, I, I would say our first six, seven minutes of the game was really, really strong defensively. Um, we had some good moments offensively. We shot the ball really well. Um, I thought Bellevue did a really good job of defending us. Um, they, they made things difficult for us. They had us flustered um, a couple different times, in my opinion. And, you know, we'll get to play them again a, a week from yesterday. And, you know, there's, there's some adjustments I think that can be made on our end uh to help us out a little bit but uh all in all I mean if you're just looking for a good basketball game especially to start the season I, I think you're right Matt it wasn't a sloppy game by any stretch both teams shot it pretty well um had a pretty good flow to it you know Bellevue does a really good job of of slowing the tempo against us you know we want to play a little faster a little more up tempo and they're okay 
you know, working 20, 25 seconds of the shot clock, where that's not necessarily what we're looking to do. Um, and sometimes it's, it's hard to speed a team up that's like that without having a 10-point lead or something like that. And um, I think we did get up 10 at one point. But other than that, it was pretty, pretty close within six either way most of the game. So it's, you know, there's definitely some things we need to clean up as well. Um, you know, had a couple late game mistakes that we need to, we need to execute better. Um, couple, couple, one really bad defensive stretch. And honestly, I think that's what really hurt us right around the 10 minute mark in the second half. They went on a, a little run. We just couldn't seem to get a stop. And that's, that's something we're going to have to get better at. It's something we talk about in practice a lot where, you know, you can be really good for a nice long stretch, but it can be the three minute stretch that outweighs the rest of the game sometimes. And I, I feel like that's what happened yesterday where I think we were in control for probably 32 minutes of the game out of 40, but it was that four or five minute stretch. that just absolutely killed us defensively. And when we clean that up, I think we're going to have a chance to be pretty good. And, and like I said, there's a ton of positives we're going to take from this. I always think the first game, two, three games, even maybe is your best chance to learn and get better um, as a team. And that's, that's the mentality we're going to take starting tomorrow as we prepare for, for the next weekend. Well, a luxury that this program's had the last several years is that you've got a number of guys who can score it. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the stats now, and we had four guys north of 15 points, or at least at 15 points, with Hoyt and Friedel with 18, and then uh, Vasa and Klein Hesselink with 15. So a, a good, you know, balanced attack there, which is going to serve well, especially when you have a lot of guys who can move it around, around the perimeter, shoot it from all over the court. Uh, Quentin Vosick, who we're going to talk to here in just a minute, you know, it's a luxury to have a, a bigger guy, long guy who can get outside and shoot it there too. Uh, kind of reminds me of some of those mismatches that Jake Shipley had back in the day uh, where he's tough to defend, you know, out there on the perimeter. But, um, you know, that's, that's a good sign, especially first game of the season. Like I said, you didn't have any fans yesterday what what was that environment like does it have kind of a scrimmage feel to it or how do you get the guys into a kind of a well honestly I don't know that I ever really noticed it you know I, I get so caught up in the game and even you know a game where we have a huge crowd and the flying center is rocking very rarely does it do I even notice it um and so there was definitely you know I think late in the game they were shooting a couple free throws you know, that place would have been really loud had we had fans. I'd probably noticed it then, but throughout just the flow of the game, I didn't really ever notice it. And so, you know, that's probably a better question for Q when he hops on here with us to answer. But uh, it, it was definitely different during warmups. I, I really noticed it then, um, you know, because I just kind of stand there and do nothing at that time. But, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, by the time we're at home again, it's going to be a while now. Um, you know, we're back to at least 50% and, I know this weekend when we go down to Bellevue uh, for their classic, they're going to have, I think each team gets 30 fans allowed mm. or something like that. So it's, it's not a lot, but at a gym like their place, that could actually make an impact because um, it is a pretty small place. So just having somebody there, I think, uh, you know, I think that'll help just from an atmosphere standpoint for the players. So let's fast forward to this upcoming weekend. Uh, you're down at the the Bellevue Classic. Uh, I think this is what they call it down there. And you've got uh, Dickinson State on Friday the 30th. Schedule says 11 a.m., so a morning game. Uh, we had talked uh, last week. Uh, originally, uh, Bethany was on there. There were some changes there, so it'll be Dickinson State. 
you know, I was, I was on their, uh, the North Star Conference website, and, you know, I thought the GPAC had a footprint, but holy cow, some of the trips some of these teams have to make, because this, this is a conference trip for those guys in western uh, North Dakota. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy how scheduling's where you have something set, and then it gets changed, and we've been planning on going down to this classic for a couple months now and, and playing Bethany, and, well, they had something – you know, COVID related come up and, and they were out and, and Bellevue's coach did a really good job getting somebody to fill that spot quickly. And Dickinson state, you know, that's a place I, I coached at for two years um, before Briar club. It's been a long time ago. Don't really have ties with the program anymore, but this will be the first time I've ever played against them. Um, and they are, uh, they're one and oh, they, they beat Montana tech on, on Friday evening. Um, I was able to tune in and watch a little bit of it. They've got a nice team. Um, you know, very different from a GPAC team in my, my opinion and how they play. But, uh, you know, we'll definitely – moving forward, it's just nice to have film on people. You know, our, our scouting report yesterday, and I told the guys Friday, was it's really just a guess. You know, we had, we had two starters on the scouting report that didn't even play yesterday. You know, and so that's just how it goes really in the season. Now we actually have some film, we have some stats, and at least a, a pretty firm idea of who's going to play for the opposing team. So they'll uh, – you know, they'll present some challenges for us. And, and there's definitely, I think, some things we're going to be able to exploit with them. Um, and so it's, it's going to be a good game. I, I think they're, they have a first-year head coach who looks like he's doing a really good job for how they started the season with a 20-some point win. Then you turn around on Saturday and uh, you got Bellevue again, like we talked about last week. So you'll have those guys twice in a, the span of just over a week. Uh, and that game's at 1 p.m. And so uh, – you know, I, I think we talked a little bit about what uh, what you want to do better with them again. But as you evaluate a second team, when really the only tape you have is your own, uh, you know, how do you do you I mean, do you focus just on the things you you need to fix uh, or do you spend half of that looking at what they did, too? So they actually play two games in the next uh, few days before we play them again. So we will have a little more than just our film. Um, but a lot of times I really all use our film, you know, cause I know what we're trying to do and, and I know what they're going to try to do to, to take it away. So we need to find the little adjustments of things we can exploit, um, and do better, do different on both sides of the ball. Now I'm sure they'll do the same, but, uh, you know, I, part of me says, I don't like playing non-conference teams twice. Um, part of me just this year was so strange with just, we just needed the games. And so their coach and I just kind of agreed to do this. And in a way it does kind of prepare us for a, a GPAC scenario where we're going to play everybody twice. And, you know, that second time around, it's usually not this quick, but uh, it gives us a chance to, you know, make some adjustments and do things a little bit differently. And, and I think that's going to be good for our guys moving forward because we're going to do that 10 more times this season. So be fun. It's like I said, it's gonna be fun to play in front of fans, even if it's limited. Um, and it's, it's always been, you know, like I told us that last week, Bellevue's a big time program. You know, you walk in their gym, there's a lot of banners hanging up. And so I think we're on the cusp of, of being pretty good. I don't think we've scratched the surface yet. And, you know, you mentioned the balance. I think that's going to be a real strength of our team. You know, yesterday we had four guys, you know, score most of our points, honestly, and, you know, a couple other guys who, who I anticipate being big scorers for us that, that didn't score it all that well. And so we're going to have a lot of options. And, and like I said last week, that's a luxury 
you know, for me as a coach to, to have a lot of different people to go to. So again, 11 a.m. on Friday the 30th and then uh, Saturday the 31st at 1 p.m. Dickinson State on Friday, Bellevue on Saturday. I assume those games will be streamed online. So if people want to – Yeah, they will. Yep, okay. yeah, just get on the Bellevue website, and they, they do a pretty good job with their live streams. All right, well, with that, let's, uh, let's go ahead and get our guest involved here. We alluded to it earlier when we were talking uh, through the games, but we've got Quentin Vasa joining us, and Quentin – Coach referred to you as Q earlier. Is Q the official uh, nickname that you carry around the program? Yeah, I've, I've just been Q pretty much my whole entire life, if I'm being honest. Well, and I, I was telling Matt, too, last year, you know, when, when Quinn Vesey was a freshman, some people started to call him Q, and I had to put the kibosh on that because it still screws me up when you guys are on the court together. I'll start calling Quinn Q. I'll start calling Quentin Quinn. It just gets me all sorts of messed up, and both those guys are in our starting lineup, so it really, it really screws me up some days. I think there was one point yesterday where you did do that, where you, yeah, called, I know. you called him Q. You were like yelling at him. I was like, what, what did I do wrong? <laughs> <laughs> well, the, no, well you know, just, it's just not that common to have you know two guys on a basketball team whose names start with Q. And, I mean, have, and have V as well as a last name. Yeah, QV initials. I mean, 18 years, oh, wow. 19 years of college basketball, I – never been around two Q's at the same time. So, uh, so Q, I'll just call you that since that's uh, what you answered to. Uh, you know, we talked about the game yesterday and how there weren't any fans. And that's not always unusual if you're playing over break or something like that. You might just have some parents around and those sorts mm-hmm. of things. But in this case, you know, from how it looked on the live stream that I was watching, the gym looked pretty empty other than you guys and the people who had to be there to, to keep the operations going. Coach said he didn't, you know, really notice much of a difference just because he was so tuned into the game. From a player's perspective, how was the season opener in terms of playing in front of essentially an empty gym? I'm going to have to agree with him and say, like, during warm-ups, that was when I could tell the most. I mean, it, you know, there's just no one there, you know, and the only people talking are people on the floor. But once the game started, I don't think I noticed, like, at all. And, like, there was a couple possessions when we were on defense in front of our bench where I thought it was actually really loud for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, our bench was being loud. And uh, that's, not, like, I'm, after that, it was, like, when we were on the other side, it wasn't as loud. But How would you feel overall coming out first game of the year? I mean, how would you grade, I guess, uh, the team performance as a whole? Uh, and then how would you grade, you know, your first game? Um, I would say as a team, I would give us like a like a B. I think uh, our defense was better than it honestly anticipated. Like we, there was some stretches where we were really great. We take away those four minutes where they went that sixteen to four run. I thought our defense in total was pretty dang good. And then offensively, we had a couple mishaps here and there, but I thought it was good for the most part. Individually, I thought I thought I played pretty good. So we talked about fifteen points, couple threes. You know, I noticed early on in the game, uh, there was a lot of kind of inside out stuff going on. You guys mix it up with, with who's moving around on the floor. And I think that's part of what makes it difficult for teams to defend. Uh, how do you feel like your length gives you an advantage on the outside? Um, I think I got bigger guys guarding me. Like I, the dude that was guarding me yesterday was 6'6", 240, but he had to have been 250, 255. I mean, he was a big man. <laughs> like, he looked like he should have been a division one linebacker. And yeah, uh, like he's probably not used to having to guard someone out close on the three point line. So I think having bigger guys guarding me 
gives me a little bit of an advantage. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, Q's, Q's kind of a hybrid type player where he's never, never necessarily had a position, if that makes sense. And I know in his first year and a half, two years, you know, he and I would talk about, you know, what position are you? Are you a four? Are you a five? And, you know, I guess technically in our lineup now he's our five, but he just, he has a unique skill set where he can shoot the ball. He can drive it a little bit. He can score on the inside. He can finish, you know, off of ball screens and things like that. And it, it does create some issues for, you know, more traditional post players. And so, you know, you look at that statute, I think Q had four assists too. And that's, you know, he, he facilitates a decent amount of our offense and some of the things we do. And so just having a guy in that spot that can pass is, a, is, a, is another luxury for us offensively. We talked to uh, Quinn last week about his offseason and how that was impacted by COVID. And can you kind of just share, you know, how your offseason changed in terms of your, your typical routine, uh, conditioning-wise or just getting on the court, uh, weightlifting, whatever it is you do? How was that impacted with COVID and how were you able to overcome that? Well, from about like March when we left to about mid-June is when I was home. And it was just kind of odd because I had to just do workouts at home for most of it. I think the last month I was home, the gym opened back up. And even then, like, there was a lot of stuff I was like, couldn't use it. And, but it was just kind of odd trying to get, like, stronger, gain weight when you don't have, like, weights or anything. But then I came back up to Sioux City about, like, mid-June. I think that was really beneficial for me. Got to like work out with Coach Herc and get into a gym in Sioux City as well. But it was kind of funky because not really with anybody. It was just me and Jake Carley lifting together. <laughs> There's no one else in there. So, uh, you know, we talked to Quinn last week too, um, just about, you know, the, the mindset of gaining another year uh, under your belt. You're a junior this year. So you, you know, you've been with the program now for a while. How do you feel like, you know, I talked to Quinn a little bit about how the seniors have been doing in terms of leadership and those sorts of things. From your perspective, looking at the other end, the young guys coming in, how have you felt that the uh, freshmen and the newcomers have been able to acclimate with the culture? Honestly, I think that everybody that's come in, uh, I mean, the guys on Roddy for sure, um, they really mesh well with the team, I think. I mean, we all get along really well. I mean, even the two JUCO transfers, I think, get along with everybody really well as well. Because I'm going to ask you some questions. I haven't done this before, but, you know, we've got an election coming up, and I don't want to get into politics or anything like that. But, <laughs> you know, I think in every yearbook, they ask the question, most likely to become president or something like that. And I don't know if that's a badge of honor anymore or if that's uh, something that you don't necessarily want to uh, have tagged your name. But I'm going to give you, uh, you know, a couple of categories you just fill in with who on the on the team you think best fits that bill. So let's go ahead and start with that. Assuming that the presidency is a respectable position, who's most likely on the team to, to one day be president of the United States? We're talking about politics. I'd probably have to say RJ. All right. Uh, most likely to uh, become a rocket scientist. Rocket scientist? Yep. Cody Hicks. <laughs> he's the brains or we're just going to shoot him off into outer space, <laughs> see how he reacts to like micro oxygen or something like that. There's two, there's two sides to that. I think he uh, actually showed me he, uh, he made his own 
Frogger on his computer. Pretty crazy. Smart dude. He's really good with math as well. That's why I said him. I think you're underselling yourself, Q. You're kind of a smart guy yourself. I'm not. I'm not good with like physics though. That's rocket science. That's all physics. That's not. That's not my strength when it comes to science stuff. Hey, here's one. Uh, who's who's most likely to be the life of the party? Life of the party, Jake Carley. That's not even a question. <laughs> not even close, huh? Not even close. <laughs> Coach, are you in agreement with these so far? Do these sound about right to you? Yeah, I, I have no qualms with these answers so far. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the last one here, uh, most likely to succeed in a career in stand-up comedy. Uh, I'll, I'll say Jake Carley again as well. Yeah, Jake, Jake would would be one of those comedians where you'd probably have to sign a waiver before you watched it. <laughs> You're not going to be offended by anything. Um, but, yeah, I agree with that one too, actually. So, Q, you know, with snow flying around now, uh, we're in the middle of winter. Are you one of those people who, on a day like today, would prefer to stay in and watch a movie or read a book or something like that? Or uh, would you rather get outside, strap on the skis or the snowboard uh, or whatever, and just kind of enjoy the cold weather? I think naturally I'm more of a stay inside type of guy. But like for me to go out and go sledding or something, somebody else has to initiate. I'm not going to be like, let's go sledding. I'm more of a stay in and watch a like watch a movie. But I will go sledding if somebody asked me. I think I, I know when I was in school, they implemented – I went to Barracliffe too. They implemented a bunch of uh, rules on certain hills that we couldn't sled down. I don't know that – we always abided by those rules. I won't say that whether we did or not, but uh, there certainly are some good options up on the cliff. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there's still a sign by, by Mount Aqua that says no sledding allowed. For those that don't know, Matt, maybe you don't even know, Mount Aqua. I've never heard of it yet. It's the hill on the on the backside of Noonan, right in front of Coach Nackey's house, and it's it's kind of a famous hill in the basketball program. And this this predates me by quite a bit. But Nick Nelson would always tell the story of there's a guy in the team his last name was Aqua, and they did a workout on that hill, and it didn't go so well for him, and he may have puked quite a bit. And so ever since then, it's been called Mount Aqua. We have a couple other famous hills too, but we can talk about those later. I remember that guy. He went to school about the same time I did. Great. Yeah, I would have been right. I think it was kind of right when Nick Nelson got to Briarcliff. Yeah, great dude. Hopefully he's a listener. If if he is, uh, you know. If he know, is, I hope he does. He, he needs to get a. He, we need to get him on the show. Yeah, because I don't know that, that he has. I don't know that he know, knows that there's still a hill named after him at Briarcliff. Right. So a Q. I don't know if you knew this, but I'm a. You know, I'm. I'm. I have been a longtime staple of the Briarcliff basketball program in that typically uh, I'm the one down at the score table keeping the official book and I'm not doing that anymore. So Q, I have to ask you from your perspective, I know you weren't really paying attention to, you know, fans and whatnot because you were into the game, but from your perspective, did it seem like, first of all, who's doing the scorebook now? Cause I'm, I took this year off so I could concentrate. Eric Erdman is. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. So okay. Eric, uh, you know, was an assistant with us last year and, and went a different career route, but he's, he's obviously staying involved. I, I honestly think he might've volunteered to do it initially just so he could come to the game yesterday. But I, I don't know yet if he's doing a good job or not, you know, didn't seem to be any issues. Um, I mean, if I'm a betting man, I'm going to bet it's a massive downgrade from what we've had there the last few years, but uh, you know, we'll wait and see kind of maybe need to revisit that second semester. 
Yeah, well, that's what I was going to ask, if there were any stoppages or anything like that where the game got disrupted because of some inability to tally up uh, points at the score table, but it didn't sound like it. So, good. I think Eric's a smart guy. He can handle simple. Yeah, he's smart enough to get it done, I think. You know, I've meant to ask you this many times. There used to be the guy doing the book wore an official's jersey. Like, do you know why or when that stopped? Because I think it would have been funny if you were wearing one. I think it'd be even funnier if Eric was wearing one as much as he complained to the officials. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know the rules on that. Um, I know there was, there's been once in like the last five years where the ref uh, came over and kind of chewed me out about it. And I had no idea one way or the other. So I'm hunting down Jared Bodemer. He was uh, here at the time as the SID. And the only shirt they could find was like a medium. So I didn't even try to put that. Sounds on. about right. <laughs> I just uh, I told the ref it wouldn't happen again, and then I didn't do anything about it. So I don't think we ever had him again. But um, yeah, you know I don't know what the rules are. I think in high school you've got to have one on. Uh, D one I don't know. I, I presume you do. It always looks like they have one on on those games on TV. But you're also dealing with a much more hectic environment where it's probably more difficult for the ref to figure out where they need to signal what's going on. So, but yeah, as far as I know, it's not required. At tournament time, I believe it is because I helped out nope. women's tournament um, and and I did have to wear one there. So I did. I went on Amazon and bought a like a twelve dollar XL that I can fit into. So now at least I have one if I ever need to use it again. But we'll see if Eric gotcha. does a good job. We'll just we'll let him take over and I'll just uh, come to the games as a general admission spectator. All right. So Q, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you know that one of the things we've recently started doing is having starting five lists. And the way we do that, just for our listeners who want to get an idea of the background, I give uh, Coach Figuera the category. Usually, you know, I try to get it to him a couple hours before we record. In this case, I uh, sent it to him yesterday. We're recording this on Sunday. I sent it to him Saturday evening. So he's had some time to think about this. Q, I think he sent it to you too. So you've had some time to think about this as well. So what we're going to do for this week's starting five, we've talked a little bit about music before on the podcast, but what I wanted to, to find out is what is the starting five for each of you in terms of underrated bands uh, or musical acts, you know, if it's a soloist or something like that, you know, whatever, we'll be pretty flexible there, but underrated. So what that means is that these can't just be your five favorite. I mean, maybe they are your five favorite bands. So I, let me correct that. But what I'm looking for here are bands that, you know, are fairly widely known, but maybe don't get the respect um, that you feel like they, they deserve. So that's what I mean by underrated. So with that, I'll turn it over to you guys. Whoever wants to go first can jump in. You can go ahead, Coach. All right. So, you know, in keeping with how I've been doing this, I always give my point guard first. That's a really important spot. Got to be solid there. And I'm going with actually is one of my favorite bands, um, 311. Matt, you probably know who that is. Q, you probably have no idea. But uh, how would you describe them, Matt? I know in one of their songs they they call it hip hop beats with punk guitar. Yeah, and they've got tables, they've got guitars. Um, you know, for those that don't know, they're they're actually from Omaha. They were really big in the '90s, and I when I first got into 311, I didn't even realize they were from Omaha. I was in like fifth grade, but uh, would you call kind of it like ska or something kind of yeah, a I think Caribbean? It's got kind of ska like elements. 
but yeah. it's uh, you know it's good stuff. If you if you want a, a crash course in three eleven, you know check out Beautiful Disaster, check out Sunset in July, check out Flowing. That's top three songs right there. Um, those are worth your time. Um, so that, that they're playing the point guard spot, and then our five spot. And for those that don't know, I, I would say I have a very eclectic taste in music. I'm kind of all over the place. Um, so that's going to be noticed here. Uh, playing the five spot is Turnpike Troubadours. They are an alt-country band. Um, really good. My little brother actually got me onto them about a year and a half ago. And they're not like mainstream, but I think they have a big following. Really, really good. And then my three playing the, the other guard spots. Um, first is Buddy Holly. And, you know, maybe not necessarily underrated. Underrated because he was just cut short. You know, he's pretty young when he was killed in a plane crash. And guys putting out hit after hit. And also the original artist of Ray Vaughn. So, fun side note there for Briarcliff basketball. My other two guards, Newfound Glory which was kind of a late 90s, early 2000s punk rock band. Um, really good song concert a couple times back in my college years. And then my last guard is Tech 9 who, Matt, I know you know who that is. Hugh's shaking That's his head like a great I, pick. I wasn't sure about Q, but, you know, he's probably the only famous Kansas City rapper. And he raps about Kansas City. And I actually saw him in concert um, when I was in college as well. And so um, just always kind of been a fan. So that's my starting five. And I'm actually, Matt, I'm going to bring something back here that I haven't been doing, but I'm bringing back the sixth man um, to the starting five. Uh, we did that last year and it was kind of a special shout out. And, and Matt told me last night that I couldn't use some underground, you know, not very well-known band just because I like them. But well, to be underrated, you have to at least be rated. So that's what I mean. People got to know about them. Well, so, you know, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make the judgment that enough people know about the band Screaming for Silence that I'm going to throw them in there as my sixth man. And, you know, full disclosure, their lead singer is one of my best friends, was a college roommate of mine. Their guitar player was a really good college friend as well. And so those guys, you know, they spent a lot of the last decade touring around the country um, playing, and some of their stuff's pretty hard. But um, – you know, always fun to watch. So I'm throwing them in there too. Take it away, Quentin. Okay. Well, first I'm going to agree with your tech nine. I, uh, uh, big tech nine. I agree. He's very underrated. Hold on. But, was that originally on your list? Q or are you adding no. that? No, I'm just agreeing with you that they oh. are. He is underrated. All right. Fair enough. Um, and then, so for me, I'm going to put my point guard. I'm going to say muse. I think they're a very underrated band. And then, uh, uh, at my five, I'm going to say Coldplay. Some people might think they might be rated right. I think they're really good, personally. And then at my guards, I got the Foo Fighters. And then this one's for my mom. I'm about to say U2, because she's a big U2 fan. And then, I, now that I know I can use individual artists, I'll say Kid Cudi is my other one. I, I'm not... You know, and so, I'm not, I'm not going to bash your picks, but I'm going to kind of bash Coldplay. Because I personally would say they would be like in an overrated starting five. But that's just me. To each their own. 
Yeah, and I'd say, you know, from my perspective, U2 is probably, they've kind of achieved a status where, you know, I'd say if you don't like them, you probably think they're overrated, but I, I feel like they have quite a lot of acclaim. So, you know, you're oh, that, that, list. Is, that is fair to say. It, that was more, I just said that for my mom. Well, that's, that's a great thing to do. That. You know, and, and so to your Foo Fighters pick, I actually was thinking about them last night. Um, and I was kind of on the fence if, you know, they were too well-known, established like Matt Sand or not. Um, and I also should say that, you know, I spent the better part of my life denying that I was a Foo Fighters fan. I don't know why. I think, I think I do know why. I think it was because I couldn't disassociate Dave Grohl with Nirvana. And I didn't want to admit that the Foo Fighters were actually really, really good. And so in the last few years, I've kind of just – let that go. And I'm a huge fan. Um, so I thought about them, but, uh, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm going to agree with you. They're underrated and they're underrated because in my mind, I still think of Dave Grohl as a drummer for Nirvana. I did not know he was a drummer for Nirvana. Yep. Fun fact of the day. You learn a lot on the BC buckets podcast. You, yeah, you do. A couple I'm just going to throw in real quick. I'm not going to go through a whole starting five here, but, um, yellow card uh in the early 2000s that was a I'm telling you what you, you texted me that last night and they would be on my honorable mention list yeah. any rock band that's gonna put a violin as a feature instrument in the band is awesome to me yellow card's incredible i mean go back and, and listen to any of that stuff and it's it's great music um and then one that kind of comes to mind i don't know how people would feel about this but uh, I texted you this too, but like the Beach Boys, I feel like the Beach Boys don't always get credit for how great they were. I think a lot of people just listen to them and hear the kind of the the California sound and kind of this novelty, you know, beach sound and just fun music. But, you know, that uh, Pet Sounds, which was that album that's, you know, phenomenal claimed uh, is incredible. I think even uh, John Lennon, referred to it as one of the the best albums ever made uh so i think the beach boys don't always get the respect that that they're due but i i know there are circles and there are people who who do respect them but that's one I want. yeah to i think you make valid points matt but i'm gonna say beach boys are properly rated oh i i think i think they're probably pet sounds rated, but i think they i think they should be rated maybe in a more elite type of level and that's that's so. fair <laughs> Right, so with that, uh, that wraps up the starting five. Maybe we'll have to get into overrated bands at some point. Uh, I think that could be a, an interesting discussion, too. Maybe a bit more. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have some controversial thoughts there. <laughs> All right, well, that's, uh, that's it for the starting five. Uh, no listener questions again this week. So I uh, just want to remind folks, you know, get those listener questions in. You can tweet them to us. We're on Twitter at BCBucketsCast or email them to us at bcbucketspodcast at gmail.com. Or of course, if you know me or coach or anyone on the team, any way you can think of to get them to us, if you want to text, whatever, uh, get those questions in because those are a lot of fun to, uh, to handle. If you have starting five ideas, if you have, uh, you know, if you want to get an idea where coach falls on certain life rule type questions, you know, get all that kind of stuff to us because uh, we want to hear from you. So don't, don't forget to get those in. So with that, I mentioned life rules. Coach, every week we talk about a life rule. And so now I want to give you the opportunity to enlighten our listeners on how they should go about their daily lives. Well, unfortunately, this one's very topical because of the stupid snow we're getting right now in Sioux City. Um, now I have a life rule about shoveling. 
if the snow is going to be melted within 24 hours, I'm not shoveling. But in the situation we're in, it looks like it's going to be cold for a few days. So I'm going to have to go shovel this afternoon. You know, we got to look out for the mail carriers. Um, so that's, that's life rule. 24 hours is kind of the, the cutoff line. If the snow is going to be melted, let it be. If it's not, get out and shovel. I think that's fair. I, I think it's unreasonable for people to expect they can go for their normal jog or something like that when it's just snowed. So to mm -hmm. me, that's, that's completely fair, but there is a point where you do need to get out there. Cause you know, we faced this with some neighbors. I think I ranted about it last year or the year before, but somebody on our block allowed all the ice to accumulate to a point where they couldn't clear it off. So then we hit one of those 60 degree days and every piece of sidewalk in the neighborhood's clear, except for this one area, which happens to be on a corner. So it's twice as bad. Uh, and you have to wait basically till, you know, the middle of May before the thing's gone. So just be reasonable. I think that's all it is. Be reasonable, use your head, use your judgment. Q, you know, coach always shares his life rules. He's shared a lot of, uh, you know, wise sayings and things like that, that he's learned from coaches and I think his grandpa and other places like that. Is there one piece of coach Figuera's wisdom that he's dropped in a practice or game or any other setting that's really stuck with you? Um, I mean, I don't necessarily abide by this one all the time, but <laughs> you know, he has a uh, no taking dumps in like hotel bath in hotel bathrooms or in our locker room or anywhere that <laughs> is like a private bathroom. Pretty any much shared enclosed space. Why would you do it? I mean, is it you hotel do it. Yep. So what are your options there? Head down to the lobby? Lobby, absolutely. Huh. Absolutely. That's, and, and honestly, I've really adopted that life rule. That is a, uh, that's a Nick Nelson life rule hmm. that was adopted by me. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's what I think. Don't even leave it up to the room to decide? The I mean, I guess if you want to, you know, turn that into some kind of democracy when we're on the road and you're staying with two guys for one night that's fine by me but uh you know that's my rule i'm gonna abide by it regardless of what the the roommates are gonna do all right well q uh, we appreciate you coming on uh you know even though the outcome yesterday wasn't how you guys would have ideally liked it to been you know i i it seemed to me like there were a lot of good things to take away um some some simple things to get cleaned up but again a lot of things today junior <laughs> uh, zoom is hard i'm trying to interact with you guys here by looking at a screen it's not always easy but uh i think there are some positives uh it'll be exciting to see how you know this week of practice translates into this weekend's games just a reminder to our listeners uh friday at 11 o'clock you guys play dickinson state down at bellevue and then on Saturday, the 31st, on Halloween, you play Bellevue again uh, at 1 p.m., both down at their place. So, you know, if, just a reminder that Friday game's at 11 a.m., so people who are going to tune in on the live stream, you know, make sure you get all your work done before 11 so you can sit and, and at work watch the game from 11 to 1. We've got a big, nice TV in our break room, so I might have to uh, move over there, although we have a rule on how many people can be in there, so I'll have to – uh, grab that pretty quick to make sure I can claim it. You know, playing on Halloween always brings up a, a risky situation for me too. This is a little off topic, but you know, my grandpa, uh, grandpa Barney, he used to always yell at officials when I'd go to games with him when I was a kid, he'd say, Halloween's over, quit masquerading as an official. 
<laughs> and uh, it, uh, there's always like a 50% chance that's going to slip out of my mouth. And I don't think it's going to go over well um, with an official. So I gotta, I'm going to have to get myself psyched up to not say that uh, next Saturday. I just, I hope if you do somehow uh, a mic catches that because that's, that's <laughs> too good to, uh, to have just drift off and never be heard. Uh, oh, Q, before we go, one thing we got to wrap up here with are uh, our shout outs. So we always give shout outs at the end and we'll bring you in on that too. I'm going to go first. Um, and I'm going to give a shout out to the football team. Uh, they got their first win of the year yesterday. Uh, and the way uh, Coach Figueroa is signaling right now, I might have stolen his, but uh, he can he can certainly share uh, in that. But a uh, big win for Briarcliff down at Hastings. Went on the road, took care of business, and, and finally got that first win under their belt. So that one's always a hard one, but uh, congrats to uh, the football program for finally getting on, on the right side of the column there. Q, you want to go ahead? Yeah, I'm going to shout out the, the soccer teams because they're both undefeated right now, I believe. Yep. And, I want to shout them out. Yep, right on. And I, I actually had two, Matt, so it's not as bad as you thought. But I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reiterate what you said and give a shout out to the football team. They've had some tough luck this year. Um, had a couple tough games, and you know, to go on the road and get your first win is, is not easy. And I'm a firm believer that there's few things better in this world than GPAC road wins. So I hope they had a fun bus ride home yesterday. And then my second one is, is just to our bench. This Q kind of made me think of this especially in the first half, our, our bench brought a lot of energy. Our bench brought a lot of, you know, just noise and, and all that stuff when we're playing defense. And that, that really helps, especially when the gym's empty. And, and so shout out to those guys. That kind of energy is contagious. And, and whether you're on the floor playing or you're not, that's a, that's a great way to help the team. So shout out to those guys. Well, I also want to shout out Nick Hoyt. He hit some big time shots yesterday. So let's give him a shout out. Yeah, I can only imagine if that gym would have been full when he hit that shot there with about 30 seconds left. Um, just how crazy the atmosphere had been. That, I mean, maybe, who knows, maybe that would have been enough to, to get those guys shaken uh, in that last couple possessions there. But, you know, it is what it is. Again, great game and, and uh, see if we can get it back on Saturday. So thanks, Quentin, for joining us this week. Uh, on behalf of Coach Figuera, Quentin Vasa, uh, and myself, we're going to sign out for this week. Make sure to catch those games next Friday at 11. And next Saturday at 1 p.m., go to Bellevue's website. I'm sure you'll be able to find the stream there. Take care. We'll talk to you next week.